do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 665. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding and always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Uh, we're recording on July 4th, 2022. Uh, Kathy and I hustled back from a little vacation we had so that we could podcast with you all. So happy that we are here together. Um, I have a few quick takes. I haven't told you that, sweetie. Um, something happened in the news this morning that I think we might at least acknowledge, and then we want to talk about humanity. Correct. So I feel like let's first start with what happened in the news. Okay. That way we can move on. So as I was, Kathy drove home, uh, I was in the back seat sleeping, and then I got on my phone, and um, sadly, there were uh, six people that we know of right now that have been killed due to a shooting in Highland Park. And Highland Park is a community, I don't know, 15, 20 miles away, just northeast of us. And um, we don't know much. Uh, the person who apparently did it is still at large, and we're just sending love uh, to the families in the community of Highland Park and probably have some commentary about it in relation to guns and white men doing bad things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this just happened today, so I don't have a lot of new thoughts. Um, I think that being Chicagoans, um, many of us from the city or have lived in the city or around the city, this is not as if it's new Mm -hmm. to us. I know for there to be such a, uh, mass shooting in a suburb is absolutely devastating, shocking, and I don't have like it's still kind of out there and it's not integrated in me yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a Chicagoan, this is um, you know, gun violence is a part of a struggle in our city, um, and I will say that it's a big reason Todd and I are involved in Moms Demand. And if you have not already joined Moms Demand, um, join immediately. Mm-hmm. We just need a, you know, the community is already much bigger than the NRA, but we need just get online and join right now. Mm-hmm. Like just do it. Um, we need numbers. We need people who are speaking with a sense of um, clarity and understanding. We need. Um, moms demand people in office. We need to, you know, what's so interesting is about a week or two ago, the federal government actually passed mm-hmm. gun legislation and we didn't have any time to even rejoice yep. because so much happened in the same 24 hour period of that. You know, there we we just are in the middle of so many challenges and we were going to talk about that today anyway um and this just adds a very personal note because this is Todd and my um community, community. and um but it is no different than it's ever been yeah, meaning and- this is my feelings my urgency the way i vote the way i speak out um, being a member of Moms Demand, actively participating, this is, we keep going. We mm. keep doing it. Yeah. And um, I just want to acknowledge that gun violence is, uh, you know, a huge problem 
in all parts of this country, mm -hmm. uh, specifically Chicago. And, um, you know, these mass shootings tend to grab the headlines, yep. but every single weekend yeah. there are shootings, people get killed by gun violence 17 miles east of us in Chicago every single day. And let's remember that this, because this needs to be said over and over again, is we talk about gun laws in the state of Illinois, which we do have some, but our surrounding communities, our surrounding states do not. So this is the challenge we have as a United States, is that one state can do a certain amount of work. And then what we now know is that, I think it's like, we talked about this on a show a couple of weeks ago, it's something like 47% or more than that of the guns that are found in our state are bought in, in states around us. Yep. They're brought in. So we can only be as, so we can only be as good as the border, as the borders. And um, so even though we're like, yeah, Chicago, 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 it's not Chicago. It's where we are relative. Mm. And Chicago is part of it too. It It's, it's so many things. Well, and there's a sense of helplessness that yeah. I have. And um, so you talked about Moms Demand Action. Yes. What's the other one? Every Town is Every a good Town one. for Gun Safety. But I They're just, connected. Yeah. And if you text READY, the, the word READY, to 64433, then you'll join Moms Demand Action and find a chapter in your area. Yeah. And other than that, we've done a bunch of shows on this. So yeah. what are we going to say that's new? We're I, like I'm kind of like, there's nothing new here. It's still a problem. And it's just waking us up over and over and over and over again. And then you see people who, you know, still don't understand. They think, yes, we needed more law enforcement there. No, there was a lot of law enforcement there. We needed, you know, a good guy to have a gun. No, no, no. Then more people would have been killed. And like, we need to have an under... We have been in... Indoctrinated with this false understanding of what we need to do. Yeah, the other side is really good at distracting. Oh, I mean, so let us not be distracted and let's keep moving forward in an effort to try to do what we can to make this country a safer place. And for the love of everybody uh, all over the country, for the love of people in Highland Park um, and surrounding communities, Chicagoans, all of us, um, it's it it's beyond thoughts and prayers it's we're holding you um we're with you you're not alone and um and we're all in this together yep. which is what we're going to talk about today um two other things um um i'll go i talked to you about this last week sweetie okay. athletes are saying uh, wimbledon's dress code has got to go okay so wimbledon has these rules for all tennis players that play in that tennis tournament that you have to wear white. Okay. It's like a tradition. Okay. And the problem with that is that there is a lot of women who, um, you know, they wear skirts uh -huh. and women are sometimes on their periods. And I think that there is not, I don't think, I just read that athletes get stressed over that. Of course. Because um, what happens to a woman when they're having their period and they got to, it's easier to wear dark color clothing. Of course. And they don't have that choice. Yeah. And it's totally effed up. And just a few different quotes I pulled from the news article. Um, female athletes are speaking up. Heather Watson, who's a tennis player who's playing Wilton, said she'd probably just go on the pill to skip it. But even that doesn't stop her symptoms like cramps and fatigue. And it adds the mental stress that women have to go through mm -hmm. because of what they're forced to wear. 
Catherine Whitaker is saying that most people are thinking if the clothes if the clothing policy affected male players the way it does women, she doesn't imagine that particular tradition would last. Well, it doesn't make any sense if there is if a group of people playing the sport have to be concerned or stressed out because of their body functions and the amount of cameras on them every single moment then it would make no sense but what we're doing yet again yeah. is we are deciding that what women need is not as important as um what tradition is yeah. what i mean i guess you need to give me the side of why is white so necessary? I have no idea. I can't speak on behalf of the Brits over there saying creating those rules. Yeah, I mean, I, I to me, it's as a woman, um, I don't understand why. You know, think about how many colors we have to choose from. Like, I understand color coordination and I understand tradition, but sometimes we get to a point where it's like that doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, you know. Um, and then on this uh, July 4th, I also want to acknowledge, um, obviously, it's 4th of July for us here in the United States. But um, as I tell you this next story about our new treasure of the United States, it's a Native American woman. Uh -huh. um, I also want to acknowledge that my ancestors uh, that came here from Europe basically stole the country from these Native Americans. And I'm all for feeling patriotic. Um, but I also think that it's important to acknowledge um, the atrocities that our ancestors uh, did to these people. Mm -hmm. um, and I just didn't want to skip over that part. So the good news is that President Biden chose a woman named Lynn Malerba. She's a lifetime chief of the Mohegan tribe, and she's the first Native American to hold the position of the treasurer. Mm. And somebody who I, th I think I know a lot about the country and the money that goes through it. I had to kind of look up what the treasure is and what it does. The treasure of the United States directly oversees the U.S. Mint, the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, Fort Knox, and is a key liaison with the Federal Reserve. Mm. And why it matters is the new U.S. currency will be signed by Maler Malerba and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. The first time the signatures of two women will appear mm. on our bills. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Um, Yellen said it's the first time a Native American woman's signature will be on the currency. Mm -hmm. So that that's a nice little yeah, story. That is nice. And then lastly, maybe this is kind of a tease for Pop Culturing, which is this other podcast that you and I do. Mm -hmm. And this is a little old, but I kept wanting to bring it up in previous shows. Uh, Rolling Stone came out uh, and they ranked the Tom Cruise movies. Oh. From best to, from to least worst? to best. Worst to best. Um, and I'm just going to fly through these. You oh, ready? But you don't want me to guess? Um, well, first of all... The top three? I, I mean, you're welcome to guess, but it's just one magazine's version of it, and I don't think there's any way you'd guess the number one. Uh, so can honest. I ask, it's from Rolling Stone? Yes. Okay, so I read Rolling Stone, so I kind of have an idea of what they focus on. And is it, when you're saying you don't think I'll know the number one, do you mean because... You'll know the movie, but I don't think you'd think, oh, this is this is Tom Cruise's best movie. In the, can I kind of make some guesses in the Go top... Go ahead, and I'll tell you where they are. In the top five. Sure. Okay, this is my... Uh, I think Risky Business is in the Risky top Risky Business five. is number three. Yeah, that's what... Uh, oh, shoot. I was going to say three, and I'm like, no, I'll say top five. Okay, so Risky Business is up there. Mm -hmm. I would say that they probably put Born on the Fourth of July up Number there. two. You're doing right. really well, sweetie. I would say that they maybe put Magnolia in the top five. Number one. All right. Look at yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, yeah. believe. I got to see I just Mag got three, two, and one. You did. 
Good for you. I, I, I need to see Magnolia again because I remember being like, what's this movie? <laughs> I was so confused. Yeah. whole movie, there's frogs flying from the sky landing on people's cars. Well, at the end, not through the whole movie. Right. I know. But that's what I remember. I'm well, like, Tom, I have no idea what's going on here. Tom Cruise, it was a supporting role, which was a big deal. So he was nominated for Best Actor oh, in a Supporting he? Role. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. He didn't win. Obviously, Tom Cruise has never won an Academy Award. But he um, he also played kind of against type. He was mm. a total jerk. Yeah. He was a, I think he was like a... Misogynistic, um, like... Um, speaker, public y- yeah. speaker. Yeah. And he had, imagine this, Todd, he had issues with his father. Father issues. Imagine that. And he puts it, like there's a death scene and it's mm-hmm. quite a performance. Yeah. Um, do you want to make any other guesses that are in the top 12? Uh, let's see let's how many see. more you well, can Well, I'm still in the top five. I got three, two, okay, one. Okay, go for top five. I, there's um, no way you're going to get it. Uh, I, I think the color of money is probably... Color of money there. is not even in the top 12. Wow. Um, I loved it. I loved Vincent in the color of money. So did I. Um, I don't like... It, here's the ones I don't want to say. Yeah. War of the Worlds. That was not in the top 12. I don't want to say Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is number 11. Okay. Um, I am also going to say, I, I would love to say all the right moves. All the moves, they, that was not in the top 12. Okay. Um, so Top Gun. Top Gun was not in the top 12. Okay. How about... And go, Maverick, this was before Maverick came out. How so. about old school, like Taps? Taps was not in the top 12. Um... Doing really well as far as naming Tom Cruise Oh, movies. yeah. Uh, let's see. How about it? Not Eyes Wide Shut. No. Eyes Wide Shut's number five, sweetie. Oh. And you hate that. I don't like that movie. No. Not a fan at all. It was like grating to watch that movie. You like the piano. I don't like the piano. Yeah. Ding, ding. Okay. Speaking of piano, the The firm. Pia, Pia, Piano. The firm is not in the top 12. Okay. Um, oh, I got it. I know. I know what number four is. What? Um, um. The men. Uh, a few, good, a few men? good men. Number 12. Oh, I was like, the men. Um, <laughs> I don't think either one of us have seen number four. Oh, okay. Uh, is it like World War Z or whatever? No, it's Minority Report. Oh, yeah. No, I never saw Minority Report. Okay, um, so the ones I... So, do so number 10 is Edge of Tomorrow. No. Number nine, Rain Man. Oh, duh, of course. The other one that you should have gotten, eight, Jerry Maguire. Oh, my God. I'm... That's my favorite Tom Cruise movie number ever. Number seven, Collateral, which I've seen I, once. It's a great movie. And then number six is Mission Impossible Fallout, okay. whatever that is. And then the only other ones that I put that I liked that were not in the top 12 was Outsiders. Outsiders, yeah. The Firm, which I actually don't like that movie. I do. And Cocktail. Cocktail. Yeah, I didn't say Jerry Maguire or Cocktail, and we happened to do pop culturing on both of those. Yes, we did. Yeah, um, I would love to do The Firm. That movie makes me um, kind of laugh. There's a lot of unintentional humor. Um, okay, before we get into humanity, yeah. I just want to give a quick shout out to our one of our two partners of the week, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. If you live in the Chicagoland area and you need a project around your house done, whether it's redoing your kitchen, redoing your basement, redoing the second floor, which is what we did, painting your inside or outside your house, give him a call, 630-956-1800. Thank you. Jeremy Kraft, and his website is avidco.net, A-V-I-D-C-O.net. All right, humanity. Okay, so I guess um, I will say that I'm just now in the last probably 24 hours coming out of a pretty significant couple of weeks. Um, I got sick. I got COVID for the first time. Um, 
And that was bad. Not so much because of the illness itself, um, but because of my love language is connection to other people and physical touch. And Todd and I are um, huggers and handholders and we're kind of the in this world together kind of people. And I couldn't. Would you say we're borderline um, um, make our kids throw up in their mouth with our public display public displays of affection? Maybe, and I don't care. Yeah, like I, don't I care I'm either. not because we're not. There's public display. It's not like we kiss and make out all the time. It's right. not that. It's that Todd and I are a team, and that means that we the holding hands and the hugging isn't because it's like we should hold hands, we should hug. This is the way we relate to each other. It's the way I relate to my children. I'm a I'm a hugger. I'm a toucher, and I had to wait a full ten days, <laughs> and um, that was that was very. Foreign. Foreign and hard, and that was not the only thing going on. No. So, you know, we did a show last week about Roe v. Wade. We- It was um, half of your voice last week. Yeah. Because Kathy's voice wasn't quite working well. And I don't think it's fully back yet. Like, I still have moments where I kind of feel like a little bit like, uh, I'm going to bring up a lot of Stranger Things stuff, a little like Will that I'm still coughing up slugs occasionally. I'm kind of like- think I'm fine. And all of a sudden I have this like dry cough situation. Um, and, but I really, I had to wait a full 10 days and that was really hard. And that, and in the middle of dealing with so many other things going on, um, which many of them are personal. Um, and then some of them are, are federal and some of them are local. And then the news today, it, it's so much. And I don't have any I, I don't have a lot of fight in me because um, I'm recovering and just trying to take care of myself. But what I do have that I wanted to offer, and I, I posted something yesterday for the first time in a long time. Um, I just stayed away from everything because I, you know, that's what I needed to do, is that it comes down to, for me, expectation and what we believe should be happening, what the reality is, and then what we go to. And what I know for sure, no matter the situation, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how dark today is for people, no matter how challenged we are, we have to go back to our humanity over and over and over again. What does that mean, go back to our humanity? When you feel yourself veering away from humanity you're not in alignment. When you deciding, and when I'm talking about alignment, I'm not being old school spiritual. What is veering yourself away from you? How does that show up? Hatred. Okay. It's not going to help you, you guys. Mm -hmm. Hatred won't help you. Um, Blaming the, your next door neighbor. Um, Deciding to, to disregard big groups of people. Um, putting all of your energy into hating one person, um, disconnecting from people. Now, let me be clear. I do understand. Let's take this off of politics and government and everything. I understand that sometimes we separate from people because of our own self-care, because of not wanting to dive into or to take on other people's toxicity. Um, I understand the need to create our own lives separate from something that is hurtful. 
I'm 100% in. Like this is a, these things I'm talking about today is like the most cyclical, paradoxical conversation. Todd and I have been doing this show for 11 years, and I feel like we're right now coming back to things we've been talking about in year one. Things go round and round and round, and it doesn't... So the things I'm saying today are not new. They are not like declarations of a newfound awareness. They are a returning to humanity over and over again. If you need to separate from people or not spend time with people that hurt you or harm you, amen. But I'm talking about the stories we create in our mind about other people or groups, the way that we decide we are going to take all of this discomfort and this wrongness, for lack of a better word. I am right there with you, but I know that becoming hate-filled is not going to get us to a better place. I know that that the only way back to ourself and the people we love and to a community that we recognize is is love. I, it, and I don't mean it in a cheesy hold hands way. I mean it like we got to figure out how to do this together. We got to figure out how to talk to each other and and it's not a you know you know, I remember after the election in 2016, it's like, let's look at things through the lens of other people and let's let's become more like them. We don't have to try on other people's clothing and be like, I'm going to be like you or you're right and I'm wrong or I'm right and you're wrong. It's about just recognizing that a lot of the things that are happening right now are stories that have been fed to us about other people, are news programs and stations that tell people lies about each other. It's about we are we are feeding into and becoming what we what we don't like. <laughs> we are becoming the things we're fighting against. What I would say we're becoming what they want us to be, which right. is polarized and distracted. Because that helps you know, sell advertising. Absolutely. The more polarized we are, the less we have in common, the more likely it is that we'll tune into their station so that we buy their products. Exactly. And to have some truth about what it's really like to be around people. And I know after a day like today, um, it seems horrifying and scaring, scary. And we're like, I don't feel safe anywhere. And I totally hear that. I feel it. I experience it. I, I'm a mother. I'm an active participant in this world. I feel it. But I also know that today help people helped each other and people took care of each other and first responders showed up and people are there and people are, are trying to keep each other safe and, and grieving with each other and holding each other. And that's what we're doing all the time. And we have to pay more attention to, the, to that and do more of that so there is less focus on that one individual or it's all of these people's fault. Like, Well, and I started the show criticizing white males, and I am a white male. And a lot of these active mass shooters are white men. Mm -hmm. So it's just really easy to be like, what's wrong with white men? Right. And... 
the percentage of, in this case, people killing each other is microscopic. It's not a, it's not a white man issue. In a way, I can argue it that way, but most white men, women, people of color are good. Uh, and it's easy for us to kind of lump everybody together. While at the same time, I am challenged by the people who happen to be in power are white men, and they're the ones that not that are not making, I think, changes that would make our country safer. Correct. So, um, yeah. There, there is a power struggle going on. Of course. With white men. That's why we're so scared. And that's why there's a lot of violence. And when I say we, I'm not saying we... Co- I'm saying that we collectively, I'm not scared that, that the, that the percentage of white men in this country are going down as compared to other races, colors of people, religion. We're becoming more diverse. Yes. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. But I think when these crazy things happen, it's because of this threat, um, the story. Yeah. The story that has been taught from parents to children about what certain people are like. And we as white men, and I don't like to speak in we statements, but I'm going to right here, feel threatened because for the first time in the existence of our country, as um, you know, I just read something on the census that Latino population is growing faster than any other population. Yeah, And that threatens the position that I find myself in, which is a position of power. Mm-hmm. So... Exactly. And this is the thing. There is layers and layers and layers of reasons for why we are where we are. There are, you know, Todd and I, I think our goal 11 years ago was to talk about parenting in terms of understanding yourself and taking care of yourself. So we raise children who are emotionally and socially healthier um, instead of us staying in a place of pain and harm and fear and storytelling and then passing along that crap to our kids. Our, the goal, our place in this world, the, the, the small part that Todd and I wanted to help with or, or jump into is taking care of yourself so you can raise children who give back to the world. Mm-hmm. And our awareness over the last 11 years due to external circumstances, personal circumstances, and just where we are as a, you know, you know, it, you know, in our country and globally, is it's so much bigger now. We can't just talk about one aspect. It's, we have to talk, we have to be a part of mom's demand. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about guns. We have to talk about politics. We have to talk about- Yeah, for about, the first seven years of the show, we stayed away from it. And I then, was like, that's not what we're doing. We're doing this. We're talking but about parenting. It's we, all and, interconnected. Yeah. This is, we're, we're no longer in a time where when people say, oh, I don't want you to talk about politics. Are you kidding me? Everything is politics. And and I don't, I if know. We, if we want a world to be a certain way, we can't continue to spout out these things that we said for the first seven years of this show, which is take care of yourself so you can take care of your children, be empathic, have compassion, all that stuff. That All that stuff still is true and yeah, exists. It's, none, but, none of it went away. But I and I, Kathy and I can't pretend that there's a fire inside of us that we need to at least say out loud, because if we don't say it, it's, 
I feel like I'm misaligned. Well, it's it's going back to what we're talking about today, humanity. What is our responsibility as members of humanity? It is not my responsibility to yell at people and troll people online and decide I dislike a group of people and decide that I am going to fight anybody that says anything against what I believe. My job in humanity is to speak up for what's what's right and true, for the rights of all people, for the dignity of people, to make sure that we are building toward fairness and that our arc is bending toward justice and that we understand how similar we all are and that even, you know, this idea of us versus them in any shape and form, you know, you can talk about this in religion, you can talk about this in race, you can talk about this in, in, in socioeconomic, you know, um, hierarchy. It's this us versus that they, they, whoever the collective they are, the politicians, the people who, um, who may get into the work of doing what they do for good reason, but then get this power or greed. And it's a lot easier to pit all of us against each other. Mm -hmm. And then they maintain this power and greed and we just end up infighting and I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not going to, you know, what I recognized is that I have this expectation of things should be moving in a certain direction and certain things shouldn't be happening, but they are. So what am I going to do? Am I going to, you know, throw in the towel and say this is just the way the world is? Or am I going to say no? We keep speaking up. We keep talking. We keep trying new things. There is always another way. Yeah. There is always another way. And we know this in our own lives and families. We, we have an expectation about something with ourselves, with our kids. It doesn't work out. There's always another way. Um. Before we move on, I want to take a quick pause to hear from our partner of the week. Okay. Um, Sweet. Do you know why the sky is blue? Why? It is because air scatters blue light from the sun. Nitrogen molecules scatter blue light more than the other colors. So blue light bounces around the sky and then enters our eyes. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Uh, So it's summertime and you don't know what to do with the kids. Look no further than our partner of the week, Mel Science. If you don't know about Mel Science, they send you monthly science boxes that are STEM related. STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. They also have chemistry, physics, coding, and medicine. These projects are fun and educational, and they come with clear instructions that the kids can follow. Each set has a different theme and are created for all different ages. Use the promo code ZEN at MelScience.com or follow the link in the description for 50% off your first month. Now on with the show. All right. So here we are. What's next? Well, I will just say that what does this mean? Like, I don't have, you know, I don't have like do these things, one, two, three, four, five, and you'll get back to your essential humanity. I don't, this is going to be such a personal thing for people and people need plenty of time to grieve what their expectations have been, and what has been presented to them. Um, I feel as if we have had to do this over and over and over again um, for the last six, seven years, five years, I don't know. Um, I have felt this in my personal life with loss in our own family. I have felt this in pol- in the political landscape. I felt it with guns. I have felt it with um, COVID as, has everybody, this isn't special to me. Um, and I know we have had to keep getting up and getting up and getting up. And the bottom line, you guys is that's what we have to do. Like there is, is it fair? No, no, 
uh, no. Is it fair that 51% of the population's rights were taken away a week and a half ago? Of course not. Is it right? No. And, and I will never, I hear everybody's perspective on it and people can have their viewpoints about what they would or wouldn't do. But when it comes to, to, to laws, <laughs> we're in a totally different place. We, this is where my social worker comes out really strong. The, the idea, well, I'm going to just stop for a second. I get, this is where I see, I'm trying to stay in my essential humanity. Um, what I would say is that it's really um, basic things, belonging, community, um, and, when, and self-care. But I don't mean, you know, go get a massage. You guys know what I mean. You need to have a good cry. You need to talk to people. You need to be with people who help you feel supported. As a parent, you need to listen to your kids. You need to bring the people you love close. You need to bury the hatchet on things that are stupid. Um, you need to get creative and figure out ways how to connect with people that you disagree with. Yeah. Which is really hard to do. Or just see them differently. I, I, this is kind of where, like, Todd and I were in one of our most important communities this weekend, um, this town in um, Illinois called Galena, where um, my mom and aunt are from. Uh, my grandparents used to have a store on Main Street. Um, and so we have a lot of roots there. And it's changed a lot. And this weekend, um, and Todd and I got married there in Galena. You sure did. And so that's our community. You know, it's like our number two, you know, it's like another place where our heart lives and where my family's from and where my grandparents are buried, et cetera. And I had such an interesting experience there because it's always been somewhat, you know, growing up and going there my whole life, I always thought that this is a community that's pretty... Um, Conservative, rural? Uh, yeah, rural, you know, and, and it's changing so fast. Very fast, because we, I don't know the last time we've been there, it's been a while, maybe. We've been there a lot, but not in a covid way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, the things Main have Street opened up, open. and we've yeah. seen Main Street, which is, you know, it's a small town, I don't know how many thousand people yeah. live there, but... Since my last visit, it had a completely different energy to it. And it was so comforting. You guys, the world, there are people that want things to stop changing. And, and, I, and from both perspectives, like no matter what, or, or millions of perspectives, I don't, there's not just a binary of both. But, you know, we're like, we don't want change, but things do change. And there's part of our essential humanity that will never not be available. Like we will always have connection to each other, to love, to community, to family, to diversity, to embracing what's new. And what I just noticed this weekend is there are so many, so many American flags and they're always, we always spend 4th of July in oh, Arena, yeah. and so we always see the American flags, but so many pride flags, so many new stores and shops and and restaurants that have like on their window safe space, you mm. know, with a um, rainbow. Um, and it may seem simple, but those signs were not up. No. Last time we walked down, last time I walked down Main Street. So many different um, people. Uh, I heard people speaking different languages. So many, you know, uh, more black and brown families. Mm -hmm. um, so many uh, new shops owned by diverse families. Uh, it, the, the messages in the windows about community and connection. And I just felt so 
after coming from such a defeated place and then being around, like, this is still moving and shaking. Like, this is, things are still, just because we get information about a law or a, a decision that's made by a very small group of people, it doesn't change us mm-hmm. at our heart. We we didn't that didn't stop progress. Yeah, it's it it put us in a place where we have to do more work. Well, and speaking of progress, I remember you and I had this conversation about a I don't know like a month ago or maybe two months ago. And there's that quote from Martin Luther King that you and I always I, at least I butcher it, but I just googled it. The arc of the moral inner universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Yeah, which I love. Um, I mistakenly thought that whether it's transgender rights, abortion rights, gun control, whatever it is, like I personalized it like we have to fix this now. Right. Immediately. Right. And there was a time when you and I were having a conversation in the kitchen or something and we're like, I think it does bend towards justice, but not in the timeline that I want to, that I want it to happen. I want it to happen right now. And some of this stuff may take generations. Yeah. Climate change. Yeah. That, that, that's not something that can be fixed tomorrow. That yeah. is a long arc. Arc. And um, but that doesn't mean like, well great, this might not happen until after I'm gone. But what is it that I'm gonna do while I'm here? Yes. Right? Yes. And you know that's great, Todd. That's beautiful. And that's exactly I feel the exact same way as I sometimes think we've accepted um, two steps forward, one step forward, two steps back, but I struggle with one step forward, five steps back. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it shouldn't be this way. Yes, it shouldn't be this way. But it is. And and I also don't think that the majority of this country is in agreement with the five steps back. So I still feel that there's just a very small group of people making decisions that do not represent the majority of the population. You know, that's, I think a lot of people think that. And so we just need to be more clear. Mm-hmm. And what does more clear mean? You say the truth about, do you want to know why, you know, and, and I read this, this is not like Kathy coming up with this, but I remember reading after marriage rights, um, you know, the LGBTQ community, um, you know, we got the Supreme Court ruling about marriage rights and, and people were talking about how was that the LGBTQ community able to move things along so much faster than than other groups it, who had been oppressed. And that, that ruling kind of, at least it caught me by surprise. Like, I can't believe it. And we made it, right? Yeah, like we got here. Like, how did this happen? And a lot of it, there's a lot of different reasons. And I don't want to speak for the LG, LGBTQ community because they they know the path they took and the, and the hardship and the difficulty. But one piece I read about was the fact that people just came out and mm-hmm. said, I'm gay and mm-hmm. this is my life. And, you know, we had... And the decision makers like, oh, you are? Oh, you are? Next door neighbors, oh people these... on TV. And and that's the proximity. That's Brian Stevenson. Exactly. Like, unless we are in proximity yeah. with Correct. whoever it is, yes. then it's easy for us to write them off. Exactly. It's easier for us to demonize them. But when they are our family, when they are our next door neighbors, you know, we just talked about this Highland Park shooting, like... I'm thinking of some friends of mine who believe in AR-15s and no background checks. I have a feeling that their attitude might change a little bit yep. because this is happening in our community. Absolutely. There there's no and and I I don't I don't even want to jump into the 
there's no reason to have this. There's no reason to have that. I think it's common sense to me. There is no reason that individuals who are walking around the world need to have an AR-15. I don't understand even the discussion about this. Yeah, um, me neither. It, people can jump on the Second Amendment and say everything, but read it. Remember the time we were in when it was written. It was meant, you know, something my daughter told me recently, and, and she learned this in a class this year, was that Thomas Jefferson said something to the effect of this, this, these pieces of paper, this thing that we've written should be ripped up every 20 years hmm. and start over mm -hmm. because every generation is going to have a new, mm -hmm. not rip up the ideals and the dream, but r move along yeah. with your time, yeah. evolve. Mm -hmm. And this idea that we have that we're not supposed to evolve, it's, it, it fits perfectly with the don't change anything. It should stay this way. Let's go back to a time when things are simpler when it wasn't. It's a made up story. Well, and for some reason, I'm thinking of the Equal Rights Amendment, which ERA, yeah. which we're trying to put into, um, I don't know if it's into the Constitution. Like, is that the idea to make it an, an amendment? Yeah, Equal Rights Amendment. It's equal Rights Amendment. It still isn't. And we were like this close, whatever, 40 years ago, whenever that was. And I think we're getting, but who would not vote for that? Like, isn't, and I'm, I, I guess I'm, I'm trying not to be condescending, but don't we all want equal rights? Like, that seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah. And some people are like, no. And I know some people are like, well, it's already in the Constitution somewhere else. So let's not put it in right. a second time. Right. I, I, don't, I don't even know the argument. But um, so. Change, power, yeah. greed. Yeah. Um, and belief systems that run very deep mm -hmm. that women don't deserve those rights. Yeah. I mean, that, that was just told to us a week and a half ago. Sure. We don't deserve rights yeah. to ourselves and our body, even after 50 years of having it. Um, and this is kind of what I mean about we're going to find new ways. We are going to find new ways to communicate. We are going to keep getting up. I, I've never in my lifetime thought I'd have to get up so many times. Like this, this last uh, couple weeks, wow, um, you know, being separated from people and um, you know, feeling not great. And then having all these things happen, I'm like, wow, this is, this is intense. You know, like, well, you, there was a lot of things happening in the world and you were sick and, you know, and certain my family, family members yeah. had issues. Like there's, there's certain times when we're just getting the crap beat out of the us. The crap beat out of us. And, and although it impacted you more than it did me, you know, our family has kind of gotten the crap beat out of mm -hmm. us in the last few weeks based on worldly decisions and family situations. Mm -hmm. And kind of to your point, like the answer is we must get back up. Yep. We also must rest. Yes. We also, um, I don't know what else we need to do, but- Love each other. Love each other. Um, give each other more hugs. And these are not, you guys, you know, people listening who are like, oh, these are not solutions, the solutions come when we do these things. Yeah, yeah. these are the foundations. These are foundational things. I don't know how to do politics, I, except for to talk about it and what I believe and what I know and what I've learned as a therapist and someone who focuses on human behavior. I can, these things that people say we should do, um, like let's take people's rights away, that'll help keep things safer and make life more, ex I, 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 we don't listen to the people who actually know these things. Mm -hmm. We we believe the wrong people. 
And we need to pay closer attention to what is most near and dear to us. And many of us were raised in a way or have had enough traumatic experience that we don't even know how to access those places in ourselves anymore. We don't know how to reach for those things. And, you know, I don't have simple answers for this because I've dealt with anxiety and depression my whole life too. You know, like I, I know I don't want to give like simple answers of just do this, but you guys, something in real, this is just a very Kathy thing, but is when I can't find it, I go to pop culture. I go to music. I go to poetry. I go to you know, I mean, like nature to nature to say that in and some people will laugh at this, but that's fine to say that stranger things in the last week and a half hasn't helped me <laughs> get through this time mm-hmm. would be a lie. Mm-hmm. Stranger things helps me. Um, I remember right after the election is when I started watching Leah Remini's show about um, the Scientology show, about her talking to people who had been in Scientology and starting to tell the truth. And I watched it all the time because it gave me inspiration and reminded me of strength and bravery. Well, and for you, I'll talk about you for a second, sweetie. Stranger Things has been a healthy distraction, okay? Okay. And I think that I sometimes, and a lot of us sometimes, uh, go to the distraction to not feel something. Mm. And you are good at feeling things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like an expert. You cry a lot oh, yeah, and you yeah, get yeah. mad a lot and you get joyful a lot and you get uh, fearful a lot. Yeah. Like, And you let those feelings come through you. And this is where I happen to be in my life where uh, I guess I just want to like highlight the idea of healthy distraction and unhealthy distraction. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes find myself distracting myself in an unhealthy way. How do I do that? I happen to get distracted by going to my computer and working on email, which is something I've shared on the show many, many times. Um, And I just think it's really important, like something happened. Oh, yeah, Uh, something happened yesterday. Our kid was challenged. She wanted Kathy. Mm -hmm. And I felt once again like, oh, I wish that she would be okay with asking me for help. Mm And it just so happened it was one of those issues that I couldn't really help with. <laughs> um, but I went to my computer. Like, you know what? I'm actually going to go sit on the deck for five minutes and just see if there's anything else here. Mm. Um, sadness, anger, whatever. And there really wasn't. But at least for me, I gave myself five minutes to just sit and be mm-hmm. with it. So I just I think it's an important point to highlight the difference between, I think, healthy. So for me, what this is about... It's the ability to feel a wave of emotion come through me and let it be expressed. Mm-hmm. Kathy's really good at it. Kathy's a really good role model at it. I judge that um, men are not as good at this as women are because men have been conditioned differently than women. And that's kind of like 2022. That's what I'm most focusing on now. 2023, it might be something completely different. But for me now, it's important for me to create space for ways of emotion to go to come through me. So your Stranger Things analogy was an interesting one because I think it did help you. 
Of course. But it wasn't at the expense of you feeling all the other things that happened. Well, and you call it a distraction, which it partially is because it gave me something to look forward to that was different. And I could focus on different characters. I could focus on something fictional. But inside, the reason The Stranger Things is a phenomenon is because inside of it lives truth. Mm -hmm. And it's about darkness. And it's about connecting to what to who you love and allowing love to pull you through allowing your your history to not define you you know what it is it's like modern day mythology of course i think of joseph campbell it's like all the themes good versus evil it todd the thing about stranger things that's so brilliant is there's so much game of thrones in it Mm -hmm. there's so much harry potter in Mm -hmm. it there's so much um the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, Star stuff Wars, in it. Dungeon there's and Dragons. There's so much Star Wars. Yeah. That la- I don't want to ruin any Stranger Things, but there's a scene at the very end. I don't know if you, you know, heard us talking about, it, but it's so Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back. There's so much uh, Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. as you said, mythology in that is being shown to us in this current time. But it is also my history. Those kids are us, mm-hmm. Todd. That's the '80s. That is us and we are now adults watching ourselves as kids there's so many layers to it uh we did a um show about the first about volume one uh stranger things and with our girls and when my daughter gets back from her trip she's um in europe for a little bit we are going to do volume two and there's so much to discuss and and it's not so it's like Todd you're you're perfectly right it is a distraction but I don't get away from my feelings right but that distraction is a vehicle to get in to get into your feelings but it's also a vehicle to remind you of what is like it's not like I don't know I'm, I'm gonna piss off the what's that stupid show that I can't stand moms of Orange County or whatever uh One real housewives real housewives mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry um the <laughs> I, I would say, and maybe that that could be a healthy sure, distraction sure. too. It but it's be fun. But there's just a lot of I don't I I don't know what happens on those shows. It, but I think it's about a bunch of women fighting with each other. And sometimes it's about their lives and yeah. their connections and their disconnections. Like I think that's the thing is we don't want to judge other people's right. reasons. Yes, true. It all depends on. Um, their own experience yes. of it. Because they might see something about parenting in it or friendships in it that we would say no. Like, for example, The Bachelorette and mm-hmm. The Bachelor. You know, we've talked about this before. Like, it is very generic. Mm-hmm. It is not generic. It is very, what's the word I'm looking for? It, like, it redoes the same thing. It's recycled. Repetitive. Repetitive. Same, they say the same things. They do the same things. And sometimes there are things that we learn from. Yeah. Like, and, and, and who am I to say, you can't learn from that. You can only learn from this. Yeah. Like some people who watch PBS documentaries are like, you're learning from Stranger Things? Yeah. Of course I am. This is who I've always been. I When I was my loneliest, it was music and lyrics and people on TV who reminded me of what was good. And that's what it's for, entertainment at its best. I'm not super interested in dystopian stuff. Uh, and again, I, people could say Stranger Things is kind of dystopian, but that's not where they focus, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not super interested in The Sopranos anymore, Breaking Bad. I'm not interested in the bad people being the, you know, the, the people anti-heroes? we root for. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I did it. I did that. Um, and right now that doesn't serve me. Um, well, and for me, it's like my public service 
announcement on this, and I guess I'm speaking to men more than women. In my experience, men tend to distract themselves from feelings through weed, porn, booze, money, all that other Gambling, stuff. Yeah. So just if you're a guy and you're listening to this right now, just just think, like contemplate, get curious about, oh, do I sometimes try to push down a feeling or move a feeling aside and move towards this other thing? I'm not even saying that my distraction of email is even much healthier than a guy who smokes a joint. I don't know. But but my hope is if you're a guy and you're listening to this podcast, just get curious over, do I move away from, because sadness, anger, and fear is really uncomfortable. Mm, like, why would awful. I want to feel that? To to create some space for other things to show up. I judge that the people are doing really bad things like this 18 to 20 year old man in Highland Park probably didn't have a good vehicle to express his emotions. <laughs> you think? Just a guess. Yeah. So um, anyways. I think that's wonderful. And I think that, you know, I think that, you know, to go to things that are more typical, traditional for people, you know, if it be poetry or mm -hmm. a really wonderful book, if it be, I, I tend to read nonfiction, but man fiction can really pull you through things. And um, nature and... You know just, what I've been getting a lot out of? What? We, we've got these bird feeders. Oh, so great. It seems like simple, but <laughs> just fill the thing up yeah. and birds show up and they eat the bird seed. Like... I don't know if there's a better way of spending 15 minutes of my time. Yeah. And I will tell you, you know, my mom, uh, my mom has dementia and, you know, as we all know, it goes in a certain direction. Right. Um, and it's very hard. And the two things that I've really enjoyed with her the most um, is number one, sitting outside watching birds. Mm -hmm. um, we can do that for a long time and not say anything for a really long mm. time. And she really enjoys that. And the second thing is, uh, just recently, and, and my sister took her first, and so this was my sister's call, but she loved the movie Elvis. Mm -hmm. And she, so what I'll tell you guys is that my mom, my sister takes my mom to a movie almost every week, and I have gone a few times. You know, I'm not there, like, it, it, I have, that's not what I do with my mom during the week. But the two movies that my mom has loved, um, and I happen to be there for one, um, was West Side Story, music and dancing, and it was her movie from mm -hmm. her history, and then this Elvis movie. So Todd and I are going to take her again tomorrow. She mm -hmm. wants to see it again, or she didn't say that, but we're going to take her again <laughs> um, because we it might gave be her seeing so that joy. movie three or four more times before <laughs> it's all said it. and done. And um, and she she you know will even bring up like mom the Elvis movie, and she doesn't identify with that word Elvis. Yeah. She she calls it like the rock and roll movie yeah. or the music movie it it does some it moves something in her mm. and this is the this is where we have to meet people where they are and we have to show up with not it should be a different way or this shouldn't be happening but this is where I am and I'm going to bring my humanity with me mm. no matter where I go and I am going to um, I, not offer solutions. I, I, I apologize if anyone thinks we're trying to offer, like, here's what we do, because Todd and I don't know. Um, but I know... We know what we I do. I know that. Yeah, we, we know... We're just not telling you what to do. Well, you figure out what you want to do. Yeah. We're, we're just sharing our own story, and hopefully it inspires you to come up with your own story. How do you tap into your humanity, everybody? Mm -hmm. Just keep doing that. And, 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 I, and it doesn't need to be in a way that a magazine article told you to do it. Self-care... And self-love and compassion do not 
it's not about finding the best list of how to do it. It's you. And, and I have had to tell the truth over the last 10 years that I get a lot of my self-care and self-love from things that are fictional on TV and in songs and things that people may be like, oh, well, I get it through blah, blah, blah. I, I, this is, this is me. Yeah. And, and I will, um, and we just start telling the truth about things and we start um, sharing that with people and that's how things move along. It's when we pretend to be something we're not that we get challenged. It's when we pretend we don't have feelings. It's when we pretend we're, oh, we're okay when, when we're, we're not. not. Um, and I guess, I guess that's it. That's a good way to end. Okay. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to our team Zen. We just did one last uh, Friday. When do we do that? Yeah, Friday. And the, the topic of discussion is connecting with our preteen daughters. Yeah. And college drinking. When your kids come home and you know they're drinking at school, how do you deal with the with the household once they come home under your roof, but they're still underage? That's what we talked about. That um, was a discussion of expectations too. Yeah, expectations have come up a lot. Zen Talk one forty six, one forty five was about teenagers and curfews, and one forty four is about feeling depleted and summer transitions. If you're interested in joining the team, it's 25 bucks a month. Um, we're a Facebook community. We support each other. We love each other. Um, and the, once you join, you get access to all 146 previous Zen Talks that you can have on your phone in the form of a podcast. So hope you decide to join us. Um, and then Men Living, it's um, an executive director of this organization where guys come together to create spaces to um, have authentic conversations and show up with some vulnerability. So if you are a guy and you feel like maybe your friendships uh, are leave you a little empty, which is why I started it uh, 10 years ago, uh, check us out, menliving.org. We'd love to uh, have you sign up for the newsletter and check out some of our many programs that we offer. So anything else, babe? Uh, yeah. How can people get the newsletter? Because I bet there's a lot of p people of all genders would like to see the newsletter. Just go to menliving.org and it's right up there. It's really good. I read it. Um, I like getting it. Mm -hmm. I not only do, you know, they have interviews and articles and they have a podcast and everything, but there's also... Um, you get about seven or eight programs a week. Yeah. Like I I just always say to Todd, gosh, you guys are doing a lot. Yeah, um, so, and it seems like something that we've agreed upon today is that men, um, men need support. Damn uh, right. And, th and not because they need more support than women or that, that, that they are more deserving. It's none of that crap. It's that there's a struggle going on and, um, and we need to make sure that you guys are taking care of each other. And it's not either or, it's both and. Yeah, because things are changing. And and how do we help people negotiate this change, yeah. especially the people who don't want it to change? Yeah. And, and if they realize we are still all in community together. Well, one of the vision statements that we haven't officially adopted, but one that Sean Emerson and I came up with was, we're an army of men with love in our hearts trying to change the world. Mm -hmm. That's... Have we succeeded? No, but we're working on it. Well, and I'm on your case a lot. I I wish, and this is, it's not my community. Um, this is Todd's thing, but I wish there was more um, of a political advocacy, advocacy yeah. for women and for, you know, communities who are more oppressed. Mm -hmm. um, 
black and brown communities, LGBTQ communities. I wish there was more of like a statement of, but I I understand that there is a wide reach you guys are trying to to yeah. have. I just it's tricky territory to navigate for sure. And last Wednesday night's meeting, uh, one of our facilitators led a meeting talking about Roe v. Wade. Good. Um, and the idea was not to declare or have you know start pointing fingers at who hap- whoever happened to be in that Zoom room at opposite sides of the argument, but can we create space to have our feelings? Can we create space to listen to the other? Um, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create these spaces um, to be able to connect. Uh, and sometimes the vehicle connection is these third rail topics. And I don't want them to be third rail anymore. And, and I will... That's what we're trying to do. We're trying I, to bring it in. I know. And, and I'll always be on your case, but I also do hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I will always, as just as me or being a clinician or a social worker or just believing in the dignity of all people, I think that's a simple thing. But I also realize that's not simple no. all the time. No. Um, and uh, just as importantly, if not more, my sweetheart has a book. Hmm. Uh, called Zen Parenting, Parenting Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable mm-hmm. World. Yeah. Also has an audiobook. You even have a book club discussion guide. I do. That I just stumbled across. Really? You didn't know I had that? I, th- I think I forgot. You know, I forget a lot of things now. I know. My brain. I my know. 50-year-old brain doesn't work the way it once did. I know. So um, check out Kathy's book. If you haven't already bought it, it's kind of off the hook. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. So. Okay. Thank all right, you. so we're going to play the outro music. Here we go. And we will see you all next week on Zen Parenting Radio. And we are recording this on Zoom, so if you want to watch it, just go to the show notes and you can find this watching Kathy and I talk. And hey, if you're watching, we love you. We do. We love you. Keep tracking. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.